Hi, my name is Laura. The Old Testament reading is found in Genesis 3, 8 through 9. And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man and said to him, Where are you? The word of the Lord. Good morning, I'm Kay. The New Testament reading is found in Acts 2, 1 through 4. When the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place. And suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. And divided tongues as of fire appeared to them and rested on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. The word of the Lord. Good morning. My name is Katie. Thank you for standing for the gospel reading found in John 1, 9 through 14. The true light that shines on all people was coming into the world. The light was in the world, and the world came into being through the light, but the world didn't recognize the light. The light came to his own people, and his own people didn't welcome him. But those who did welcome him, those who believed in his name, he authorized to become God's children, born not from blood, nor from human desire or passion, but born from God. The word became flesh and made his home among us. We have seen his glory, glory like that of a father's only son, full of grace and truth. The Gospel of the Lord. Please remain standing as we pray. Father God, thank you for the gift of your son, Jesus, that we celebrate at Christmas in this season. Thank you for your indwelling presence continued in the Holy Spirit. Thank you that you are the God, Emmanuel, God who is with us. So we come as the whole family today to seek you, to worship you, to glorify you and give you the praise due your name, for you are worthy of the celebration. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. Please take a seat. Good morning, adults. How are you? Recovering-ish. All right. Good morning, kiddos. How are you? All right. Some of you understand that there's a guy up here who's talking to you. Uh, it is Family Sunday, and this is actually the first time in three years that we've had a service the Sunday after Christmas, because New Year's has really messed with it. So it's really fun to be here and to be able to celebrate it with you families. Uh, how is Christmas season going for everyone? Okay, this is going to be fairly interactive because there's kids and they're going to interact even if we don't want them to. So we're going to go for it. Uh, I hope it's well. Uh, and I, I want to give this piece of advice. I've heard this a lot this morning already. Um, how was your Christmas? And to which I respond with a different verb tense of saying, my Christmas is going quite well. Thank you very much. Because uh, as Pastor Jay said, it's the sixth day of Christmas and the church calendar. We celebrate Christmas as a 12-day Feast. That's, that's exactly what it is. Uh, and prior to contrary, or contrary to prior belief, um, Christmas does actually not start on Thanksgiving. If, I don't know if you knew that, but, but it's, it's true. And, and we celebrate for 12 days because this season of Advent, so the four Sundays leading up to Christmas, is a season of preparing and waiting and saying, God, come, God, come. God, you're our hope. We're longing for you to break in, to enter in, to rescue us, to save us. 
And then we finally get to Christmas and Jesus is born and it's not worthy of just one day of celebrating. It's worthy of 12. So I know all of you have leftover candy still and you should continue to feast on it, okay? Because it's still Christmas and all of the leftovers, go get more if you run out because it's still Christmas until Saturday. So on Sunday next week, you're cut, you're cut off, all right? It's done. Um, I was, and I know it's, it's weird, but my timeline for Christmas is really, it's, I don't know if you, if you recognize Christmas as this season that's 12, uh, that just started uh, a couple days ago, six. Uh, it, it throws off the timeline. Like, I was in the chiropractor office this week, um, and they were taking, like, the, the desk um, person was taking down all the Christmas decor. I'm like, oh, that's sad. Christmas is still going. She's like, yeah, we take it down before we we cut out of work before New Year's. I was like, oh, that's sad because, you know, Christmas is supposed to be 12 days and we're celebrating it. And there was this lady who was sitting next to me and she literally jumped up and she's like, yes, that's what I'm talking about. It's not long enough. We need to keep celebrating. And I was like, yes. Uh, And I also know my timeline is thrown off because we put up our Christmas lights outside just a couple of days before Christmas. And now everyone's taking theirs down and ours are still going bright. Like, <laughs> I'm sorry, it, it, is, it is now Christmas. So um, Merry Christmas to you all. It is the Christmas season still and welcome kids again. Uh, we're turning our attention today. This is in effect our Christmas service down here. We got to celebrate all together uh, with all of new life on Christmas Eve. And today this is our Christmas service. So um, here, give it up to Abby and and the band for the Christmas carols. Um, it's a little Abby family gathering, if you don't know, because that was her dad, her brother-in-law, Abby, and then her sister. So it's a whole Burley, and then I don't know the rest of the other last names right now. So, but it's a whole Burley clan, Merkel clan party up there. Um, and what the Christmas story, this is what we're going to jump into, is really about, and this isn't possibly going to be anything new, but this is the most beautiful true thing, and we need to say it again, that the Christmas story is the celebration of God Emmanuel and God incarnate. It's God with us, that the actual God of creation would be with us. And then in Christmas we celebrate, it's his spirit with us, and one step more, it's God incarnate. Jesus actually born. Jesus, the Son of God, Jesus, conceived by the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary, born of flesh, that God walked with man as a man. And this news, it, it, it affects everything that we're doing, because what we're celebrating at Christmas is not all of these other things. It's not the presents. It's not, uh, it's, it's, I mean, it's, the presents are great, too. It's the lights, it's the trees, it's the fact that it kind of almost snowed. It snowed during Christmas season, if it got snow yesterday, so it snowed on Christmas. Just one of the 12 days of Christmas. It's the fact that God is with us. And I want to focus on two things today. That this story of God, Emmanuel, and God incarnate, God with us, and God in human form is a celebration and is a recognition. It's the truth that we serve a God who pursues and we serve a God who is present. A God who pursues us and a God who is present with us. The God who pursues us, this is what I mean. This was our, our Old Testament reading. The story of Scripture, the narrative arc of it all, 
is a story where over and over and over again, what we see is a God who continues, he creates in the beginning, Genesis 1 and 2, and then he continues to come after and call after and pursue those whom he has created for the sake of bringing them back into relationship, bringing them back into righteousness, bringing them back into his eternal life. So we see this, Genesis 2, Adam and Eve, this is after their rebellion and they're hiding from God. Starting, or Genesis 3, starting in verse 8. And they heard the sound of Yahweh God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of Yahweh God amongst the trees of the garden. But Yahweh God called to the man and said to him, Where are you? And this story starts at the creation of all of it, and then man's rebellion, this push away, saying, I'm going to try it on my own. I'm going to eat this fruit, which I'm forbidden to. And then he hides from his creator. And at the very beginning, what we see is a tempo. It's a, it's a way of God that starts right there in chapter 3 of going, okay, I see what you've done, and I'm going to lean in. I see what's going on, and I'm going to call out. I see you're hiding, and I'm going to pursue you. And what we get is a God who creates out of an overflow of love and pursues out of this overflow of love. And this story in Genesis 3 sets the tone for the rest of the gospel. The rest of the Old Testament, the gospels themselves, the New Testament epistles and acts. Genesis 12, Abram becomes Abraham because it's a God who calls him. And calls him to a place that he'll show him later. It's the God who's pursuing his creation. In Exodus, it's Moses. It's Moses and a burning bush and God calling from that burning bush and then sending Moses to rescue the Israelites. It's Moses in the desert and God calling the people up the mountain and the giving of the law and the instructions and this is how to live. It's God pursuing them and God giving them a promised land. It's then after that we see it's the judges, it's the prophets, it's the kings God saying, I'm going to pursue you in these ways to show you what my righteous judgments are like by giving you judges that don't quite match me. I'm going to give you kings that can't even hold a candle to who I am. I'm going to give you prophets to declare the way of the Lord. This is how I am. This is what I'm doing. And the book of Acts, this was our New Testament reading. It was the Spirit of God giving at Pentecost and saying again, I'm going to not just create, but I'm going to pursue my creation. You, every one of us in this room, Every one of us in this world, God is saying, I am continually calling out, coming after, pursuing you. And the climax of this is this biblical story in Christmas, that it presents a God repeatedly pursuing us for the sake of bringing us back into righteousness and relationship with him. This is Christmas. This is the pursuit. This is incarnate, Emmanuel, God with us. It's not just oh yeah, you messed up, okay, here's another try. It's God saying, okay, I'm keep pursuing you, I've kept pursuing you, I've kept pursuing you. And now it's at the point where I'm gonna take on flesh and in human form, I'm gonna show you the fullness of my pursuit. I'm coming and I'm going to live exactly where you are. I'm going to be exactly where you are at. I'm gonna dwell with you wherever when, however, whatever life is for you, I'm inserting myself into that and I'm pursuing you. And this is the Christmas story. It's one of pursuit. And the second one, if I'm saying this is a God of pursuit, 
And this is a God who gives us his presence. And this is seen in this Christmas story. Uh, I think a lot of times uh, we end up saying this is a God who is present with us. And we get images like this, um, which I, I hope made it to the screen. Is there an image? No. Yes, there we go. Uh, I don't know if you guys know this is a comedian named John Christ. I don't know if you've seen these signs ever. Yes. The greatest, it's not about presence, it's about his presence. And then the underscore, if you can't read it because the cross is in the way. Every mom when kids aren't happy with their gifts on Christmas. Um, <laughs> it's not about presence, it's about presence. I feel like we've heard this one so many times that it either falls into two camps. One, it either becomes a bit cliche and we go, Great, Pastor, you actually pulled that one out. His greatest presence is his presence. We've, we've potentially all heard that. Or if the problem isn't on one side's cliche, it's that we don't actually grasp what a God who is present with us is or could be like. And I think the potential in this is that we are so bad at being present with one another that we cannot properly imagine what it could mean that God is present with us. That in this whole story, how we live our lives, we so often attribute what God is like based on what our interactions and what each other is like, or as a third party, what Christians are like. Well, the God of Christianity, if he's like them, then what are we doing? And so if we're saying God is a God who pursues and God is a God who is present, and yet we fail at actually being present, then what we get is a marred image of that. So I, I, I want some help with this. So Pastor Jay, if you could pop on up here. I want to have a little play. Um, and, and feel free, if any of this stirs anything in you, you can laugh or cry uh, or hallelujah. Or if it's the person next to you, you can, you can just give them a little, a little love tap. Like, just like that. Hey, you. Okay. <laughs> the greatest presence is presence. But we, we kind of screw that up because we don't actually be present with each other. Um, so I'm going to read a couple of uh, situational things, but just pretend with me, if you will, right now, we're going we're gonna to role play here, that I am coming to Jay and I'm pouring out my heart to him, or I am confessing to him, or I am just trying to connect. I'm making a bid for human relational connection. And he's going to represent how I think sometimes, and thanks to uh, people who responded to me on Facebook as well, uh, we actually <laughs> end up responding to each other and what that actually does to mar the presence. So, um, Jay. Hi, Evan. Hey, hey, Jay. <laughs> hey, Jay. Um, yeah, thanks. Um, thanks for making time for me. Uh, of course. Yeah. I, there's just been some things that I just, I can't figure out. I've, I've been feeling just a lot of feelings and. Hey, I'm so sorry. Let me take this just real quick, okay? What up, Glenn? <laughs> Hey, no, 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 I got time. Yeah, yeah. No, Evan's preaching on presents. Yeah, with a T. Yeah, presents. Okay. okay. So we're seeking some sort of presence, and yet these little things are walking around, or someone else is there. Like, have you guys experienced this? Did anybody just get hit? That's you all the time. You're, you're always answering the phone. I'm right in front of you. Or that happens when you're like at the store at customer service, and they go, hold on real quick. Let me take this call. I literally drove down here. They're just calling. Okay. <laughs> Giving one another our presence. All right, another situation. This happened to me a lot before I... Uh, found out that I turned into a pumpkin after 10 p.m. 
unlike Cinderella, who got all the way to midnight. So, uh, Jay, we're just hanging out late at night. It has been a late night. It, is, it has been late at night. Uh, it, it, nothing else is going on in the world, but um, I just, man, there's some stuff I've really been wanting yeah. to talk to somebody about. Yeah, no, and, no, go ahead. Keep yeah. talking. I'm just going to... Um, it's it's just been hard lately. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> are you sleeping? Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. This seriously, um, I posted on Facebook this whole thing, and somebody's like, "Yeah, I actually fell asleep one time in boot camp." Yeah, I was. How do you even do that? But I'll try to weave that one in. But seriously though, late night holding a conversation. I bet a lot of us can talk about it and be like, that's a really beautiful time to start paying attention to one another. And at the same time, we are so tired that we start dozing off. Okay. Um, (laughs) This one's for all the parents in the house. Uh, So we're just having a a good time hanging out and the kids are somewhere else and we're talking and it's like, man, I just, can we talk about marriage for a little bit? There's been some stuff going on that just between my wife and I and there's- Do you hear that? Hear what? Exactly, nothing. The kids are too silent. Something's going on. <laughs> I need to get to them. Let's go check that one. Hey, parents in the room, if that has ever happened, right? You're in that deep conversation with one another. You're getting that little moment of adult time and playtime, and then all of a sudden the kids just go silent, right? My brother texted me on this one, and he goes, yeah, that just happened because they got silent or something happened, and I was in a conversation and then realized that one boy knocked out the other boy's tooth. Oh, Great, okay, it totally happens. Uh, we're giving each other our presence and yet it's so often interrupted. Uh, okay, most common one in the world right here. So Jay, thanks for meeting for lunch, man. Um, Absolutely, thanks for buying. Yeah, yeah, you're, <laughs> you're welcome. Yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah, um, it's the least I could do because you're just mm-hmm. letting me pour out my heart and totally. there's been some stuff at work yep. and there's some stuff at home. Mm-hmm. And Have you seen this video? I, no, no, I, ha- I haven't. Can we get that later? Uh-huh. Okay, and, and I, I just, I just, I don't know, I, there's just... Have you seen this John Chris I, post in front of the church sign? <laughs> <laughs> this funny. I'm trying to talk oh, to you! Sorry. Okay, anyone on that one? All of us with the smartphone? <laughs> all right, um, and the mid-conversation, and I want to apologize to all of us on a Sunday morning as pastors who have ever had this happen, um, and we were the cause of it, and I'm really sorry, but this is legitimate. This is somebody posted this one. Um, last one. Hindrances to the presence of giving to one another. Jay? Yes, Evan. I, I just think, I, I know we're in the midst of other stuff going on, but uh, yeah. I appreciate, um, I, there's this just deep thing that I've never actually shared with anybody. Um, and I'm I, so sorry. Hey, what is up, my man? How you doing? I'm going to sit down now. Okay. Ah, Jay Benson, everyone. <laughs> Guy's a comedian, I tell you. Seriously, though, anybody got distracted mid-conversation and never come back to it? Is that just me? Sorry, Mary Pearsall. I see you. Um, we say that this idea, of it's not about the presence, it's about his presence, that we're giving our presence to one another, but in a way that is so hindered that when we say that God is present with us, it becomes grossly marred in our comprehension of what does that actually mean? What does it actually mean to be fully present with someone else? To give them the fullness of your mind and your emotions and your body language and your attention and your, your, your whole self is saying, I am in this moment 
locked in and present with you. There was a, a gentleman, he's a national author, and it was, was probably two months ago now, and I was at this church thing with him, and he had no idea who I was. He still has no idea who I was. And all I was doing was walking a microphone to him. Hey, here's your mic. Do you need anything else? And I was just blown away, because a lot of times I probably have this false narrative that really important people are too busy to give me their full presence. But he turned, he squared up, everything else went away, he looked at me, he made eye contact, he maintained eye contact, he said thank you. It was 30 seconds long, but I walked away going, wow. He, in all of his importance in the day, he's speaking right now, gave me a more fullness of presence than I'm used to in a normal everyday conversation. Because of all of these things that come up. It's these kids that are you know, too quiet. It's these phones that are sending me notifications all the time, distracting me. Yes, I'm paying attention. Okay, wait, well, something, something else is coming across. But what God is giving us in this season is a pursuit of our souls and then a fullness of his presence with us. I was talking with Holly Packham about it, and she summed it up really well like this. The more connected we are, the less present we become. That this is this problem, that we're trying to be present with one another, we're marring this image of God and how present he is with us, and it's because we're celebrating some sort of connectivity. I'm doing this, I'm FaceTiming this, I'm texting this person, I'm checking this news update, I am connected with every news story within 10 seconds of when it happens, and yet I'm losing an actual presence with whomever I'm actually with even and especially if that's us being present with God as he has offered himself to be present with us. God at Christmas shows us his pursuit and he gives us his presence. Undistracted, unwithheld, unrestrained, the fullness of who he is. This is where it comes down to, is that to the degree, I think, that we can experience this and practice this, we can take on this message and that Christmas becomes a bit more mind-blowing. God, you fully gave us your pursuit to the degree that you became incarnate and dwelt with me exactly where I'm at. So this is what I want you to think of right now. Actually imagine this. Where is your life at? What things are going on? What emotions are happening because of them? Who has wronged you? Maybe who have you wronged? How tired are you? We have a five-month-old little Alistair. Pretty tired. What is, what, how's the job? How's the family relationships? What, just, what is your life right now? And I want you to imagine what your life with God coming and inserting himself and then depositing his presence in the midst of all of that going on. God is giving a fullness of his presence to you. We are so limited and finite that we can't. We can't give our presence to everyone at all things at all times. But that's some of what Acts was saying. This is our New Testament reading. It's better that I go than he'll come and then the spirit comes and he fills us. And God is saying as the church, I am giving you the fullness of my presence and dwelt within you, my church, at all times and all situations. 
so that the good news of Christmas isn't a celebration of cookies and snow and some guy named Father Christmas in our household. His name is Father Christmas. It's a celebration of the fact that God, exactly where you're at, with the craziness of the kids, with the hurt that you're carrying, with the sorrow or the loneliness or the loss, is right there with you, present. And he's saying, I'm here too. I'm right here with you right there. I am the God who took on human flesh. I am the God, Emmanuel, with you, present in the midst of everything going on. I'm the God who pursues you and calls you back into relationship and righteousness and the eternal life that is only found in God. This is what we celebrate at Christmas. So as we respond, I want us to take a moment, as well as thinking about where we're at, thinking a moment of, okay, now what do I do with this? And how do I, as a carrier of the image of God, someone who represents God to the world, how can I... Think of one person right now who I might be, God might be calling me to pursue this person. Or God might be calling me to be practicing a better presence with this person as a reflection of this truth of the Christmas story. So if you need to, you can stand up. Otherwise, we're just going to take a moment and I want you to turn to the person next to you just a minute as you're thinking about that. God, This is the truth, that you pursue us as humanity and you are present with us incarnate. The celebration of Christmas, the giving of your spirit, you are here with us. Now, how do I take that and reflect it and show the world that same presence and pursuit? How do I show a brother or a sister in the faith? How do I show a family member? How do I show my kids or my spouse or my roommates? How do I show a stranger the pursuit and the presence that God has given to us that we celebrate at Christmas? So seriously, I want you to talk. So just lean over to your neighbors. You have like 30 seconds each and just say, this is a person that I sense God might be saying, I can do a better job of pursuing and being present with them. Ready, go. All right, I'm going to bring it back in. As always, continue that conversation over lunch, please. All right. Um, how did that go? What is it like to sit in a sermon and then just say, okay, I have to actually start responding to this? And, and hopefully the Lord did stir someone to say, I can do a better job, not just of being nice, but of representing Christ and of taking Christmas and myself embodying it to somebody else, of saying the likeness of God who pursues and who's given us his presence fully, I can take and embody that and pursue and give someone else myself fully. And this is exhausting if we did that every moment of every day. We need time to rest and to be alone and to zone out and to, you know, watch Frasier reruns on Netflix. Maybe that's just me. Okay. But we, we need those times. But we also need to think of those times of saying, this conversation I'm having with Jay, if the role was reversed and Jay... It was going to mean something to him. I could impart some presence of God to Jay, reflection of God to Jay, by being fully present and listening and giving him myself, my mind, my attention, my emotions, my physical posture in this moment. We can do that. Uh, And good news, if you're doing any New Year's resolutions, uh, I just got you an accountability partner because you just shared openly with someone. So there you go, my gift to you. 
And all of this idea, there's this author, a missionary named Jim Elliott, who's martyred in his mission. And if you've never read his writings, I encourage you, him or his wife, they both wrote uh, quite a bit. And they're just beautiful, inspiring examples of a life lived fully for God. And I read this in college uh, when reading his wife's biography of his life. Wherever you are, be all there. Live to the hilt every situation you believe to be the will of God. Wherever you are, be all there. That's, that's in the grand scheme. Where am I in life? What job? What family? What household? What friendships? And how do I be all there in a fullness more than I am now? And I think it's also in the moment. In this moment when, Jay, I'm pouring myself out to you, how do I practice a presence and a pursuit where I am all there? How do I turn this phone on? I, don't, I call it moon mode. I don't know what it's actually called, but the moon, night mode, moon mode, night mode. You flick up and there's a moon and it shuts off all your notifications. Moon mode activated. Down on the seat. You can't even see that my phone's there. It's me and it's you and I'm giving you a fullness of myself and my attention and my heart and my ear and my responsiveness. How do we do this, church? Well, we start by celebrating it. So there's your accountability to respond to this. We turn our attention now towards this table. This table that in particular at Christmas time, we can celebrate through this lens that God is Emmanuel. He is with us. This God incarnate came and inserted himself into the muck and the messiness and the craziness and the chaos and yet again, showed us the way of eternal life in Jesus Christ, his son. This is what we celebrate at Christmas. And we're only on day six, so the party has just begun.